What's up, guys? Um, it's about 1:50 on, I guess the what is it, the seventh? I think I'm not really sure. Let me, let me just see. Come on, scroll down. <laughs> My phone. There we go. Okay, yeah. So it's this. It's the seventh. Technically, it's about 1:50, so it's not quite 2 a.m. for 2 a.m. talks, but um, I figured it's close enough, and uh, it's not like I'm gonna be specifically waiting until 2 a.m. to do this. Um, so as you can tell, I've officially named this quote-unquote, like, series or this segment. It's gonna be called 2AM Talks, and I'm just gonna be talking about pretty much anything. Um, right now I'm gonna be talking about just the market, the current market, how, like, uh, this is, this is in a sense for newer investors, but it can also be for some, um, of the more veteran investors, uh, just to listen to another hot, not hot take, but another angle of approaching it, another opinion, um, and you can just, you know, um, think about it yourself, let that information seep in and just form your own opinion on the current market. And then, as I said before, I will also be talking about where I think we're going in the future. So I have not been in the market for very long, probably about a year. Um, I'd say I joined like in August, uh, like just hot, like just had just hopped, hopped in, um, uh, August of 2019 and during the over the past year, I've been learning more and more as I can. However, I do know, even though I haven't been in it for very long, that the market is not what it used to be two, three, four years ago. Because now, base rules, base is like the king of um, sports cards right now. And then also, um, a lot of times, uh, the sports card the sports card market rides more on hype. And probability than actual productivity and um, proven worth, proven value overall, and it, it 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 makes sense in theory because you know hype really does um, hype really just affects the market overall. If you're excited to see a guy perform, then you know you're gonna pay higher and higher for his cards because if he does perform to your extreme expectations, then his card will go up. And usually, of course, the hype. Um, the price builds up slowly over time because people want to get in before he actually proves his worth, and then his price will go up more once he's actually proven his worth. And it's it's a very risky way of approaching the market. However, at this point in time, that's pretty much how it works. Now, in this current market, I think that there are three classes, quote-unquote. There are three, basically, types of people involved in today's market. Um, those three people being collectors... New investors and veteran investors. Hang on, let me just plug in my phone real quick. Uh, there we go. Okay. So, um, I'm just gonna like, I want to try to make this as quick as possible. I'll talk about like who wins and who loses in this market with these three, and what you can do if you are one of these three um, types of people in the market. So, if you're a collector, let's say you have your own collection, you have players you collect. Let's say you collect uh, just for the hypothetical situation. Let's say you collect Stephen Curry. Um, Clay Thompson and Michael Jordan. We'll say you collect those three players. You've been collecting their cards a ton. Um, and I would say that you lose and you win in this market as a collector because the reason for that being because you've been in the market for so long, you bought, let's say, in this example, Stephen Curry's cards while they were very, very cheap. And now as the hype continues to build up and, you know, overall we're just riding a bull market that keeps going higher and higher, 
His cards are getting more and more valuable over time at a much faster rate than you would have originally perceived them to be. And of course, this market will not last forever. So I think that as a collector, what you can do is you can take those cards that have seen massive leaps in terms of their value and sell them now toy a little bit with investing into the market so that way when the market tanks you can buy up those same cards that you originally had and still have some money some profit left over that you didn't have before and what what you do with that money is up to you whether you use it to like pay bills to go on a vacation um to start a business or to just buy some more cards and add to the pc that's your choice but i i think that that's an approach that you should consider taking as a collector um because I, this opportunity won't be around for another 40, 30 to 40 years, you know, maybe 20, 20 to, between 20 and 40 years. So I say you take this opportunity while you can because this is the best opportunity to either make more money or add a bunch more cards to your personal collection. Um, then the second category is the newer investors. And for all of our, all of us veteran and uh, veteran investors and collectors in the hobby, these new investors fuel the market. This is, um, this is in like a sense, kind of like our, um, working class. This is like the backbone of, uh, the hobby as we know it, the newer investors, they fuel pretty much, they pretty much dictate what goes up, what goes down, what stays stagnant, et cetera, et cetera. Because these newer investors don't do enough research, um, which, as I said, I, I'll, I'll give advice for newer investors. Um, these newer investors don't really do a ton of research. They hear prison base is hot. They hear which players are hot, and they don't care how much that player's card costs because they're super hot, so they're just going to go and buy that player's card, that player's prison base PSA 10 because at, at whatever price because they're like, it's going to go up. He's super hot. He's uh, His prison base is the card that everyone wants, blah, 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 blah. It's going to go up. Well, if you bought Luca at two thousand dollars, you made a mistake because now he's down to twelve of well, he at his lowest was about twelve hundred. Now they're back up to about fifteen hundred, and they've kind of flattened out there. Um, granted, I do think that some of that little increase is due to um, market manipulation, but I, I could get into that on a uh, on a different two AM talk or different podcast episode in general. Um, so you know they 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 dictate what goes up and what goes down, and currently. A lot of these newer investors are moving into football now because football season is about to start. And once again, I'll explain that later. Or actually, no, I guess I'll start explaining that now. If you are a newer investor and you don't want to be making these mistakes, what you do is you do your research. You have to put a ton of time, money, effort, and energy before you even make your first card purchase. Don't just jump in and put your money wherever it seems hot because if you do you're going to get screwed. If you if you go if you follow slab stocks, uh, which you should, um, uh, if you follow slab stocks and you see one of their graphs where a player is trending upwards, at that point a lot of the newer investors will think, "Ooh, he's hot. I need to go buy that card." No, you don't. If you have that card, you should be selling it, but you should not be buying that card because it is probably already nearing its peak. They are talking about what cards are hot, what cards have been going up. What you want to be doing is buying these cards before they start to see, uh, before they start to go up, and then sell when they do. That is a basics of investing. I'll get into more of it later. So if you are a newer investor, what you should be doing right now is research. Tons and tons and tons of research. Um, and I think that you, what you should research most is basketball because basketball is going to be much cheaper now than it will be down the line. I think you should just avoid football. I think the, the, the time to buy is kind of 
kind of over for football. I think you should be focused on basketball because the prices are lower. Um, and because it gives like you have more time before the season starts to do your research to compile your list of players or cards that you want to go after, and then you can decide to make a smart, educated per- purchase rather than lose four hundred dollars in the long run because you didn't do that research. And then for the veteran investors, these again um, aren't necessarily investors that have. Uh, been in the market the longest these are just the people that have put the most money time and effort into the market because there can be someone that has been investing in the hobby like let's say me for a year however if someone comes in for three months and they just really get into it they put a lot of like let's say they put ten thousand dollars into it and they're actively um buying selling trading and flipping and they're doing research on the history of cards they're doing uh research on the history of these players how talented they are they're scouting the players blah 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 blah, teams coaches etc they are probably a better investor than i am because they have done more research and they have put more time and effort and energy into it um you know, so I'm not necessarily saying that if you have, if you are, if you've only been in here for two months, that you are a new investor. If you are knowledgeable enough, you, I would count you as a veteran investor because you have decided to put the time, effort, and the uh, uh, energy into becoming more educated overall in this market. As a veteran investor, I say we just sit back um, and do what we pretty much always do. Like uh, overall, as a veteran investor, you understand what's going on. You understand that these that the newer investors are going to probably be chasing certain players or cards and we should have those cards in our possession before they go up and if they do don't decide to buy it unless unless like it's just starting to trend upwards and you're like this is a lot more room to grow you and like you can 99.99 percent guarantee it other than that i say just sit back and do what you've always done as a veteran investor um Real quick, I want to talk about something else that I covered. I'm not going to cover this for too long. Um, it goes back to the newer investors and doing your own research. When I say doing your own research, I mean physically doing your own research. Please do not buy into programs. Um, and for like a very specific reason, you never know who is legitimate, first of all, um, like whatsoever. Because I, uh, me and a couple of other people have talked about this one guy. He charges about $7 a month for a... Um, for a program of his, pretty sure that he's not necessarily scamming people, but he's running a pump and dump, which, of course, you really hate to see in general. Um, it's just a very scumbag thing to do. Uh, so please just do your own research, and you can. I say maybe you can buy into a program or two if you like. You know, like if you listen to like a podcast of this guy, you can tell he's very educated and he has smart reasoning behind why his cards will go up, and not just saying because he likes the guy like if he gives jet like if he dissects the player's game and is like listen he does this 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 better than these people um this is what separates him from everyone else this is what makes him special rather than just saying oh he's he's a good running back let's just say that he's a good running back like you you got to make sure that you can start to understand who who is a true smart investor who's genuinely uh who genuinely knows what they're doing um and is trying to help educate other people and granted, you're not going to know this all when you first jump into the hobby, but as as time goes on, you'll start to learn through experience. Um, so where's the hobby? Um, like where where's the hobby right now? So overall, how do I explain this? Like I said before, a lot of the newer investors are kind of dictating what happens to the market, and I was telling you guys before how a lot of people are starting to shift over into buying football cards. 
And if you had really been smarter, you would have been buying football about a month ago. Because if you start buying when everybody else starts buying, you're buying while the cards are either at their peak or they're starting to approach their peak rather than buying them when they were cheap and nobody was paying attention to them because everyone was too focused on the NBA playoffs, which is why right now, if you're smart, you should be buying NBA cards. You should be buying not not necessarily the guys that have been just eliminated from the playoffs because I think they have time before they see um, some increase in prices, but I think you should be buying guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, because people are going to realize, oh, they're coming back. Um, they're going to be back. They're going to be probably a number one or two seed in the Eastern Conference next year. Um, Stephen Curry is coming back from a, I think it was a left hand injury, broken hand. He's going to be hot, at least in my opinion. I say you should also be looking at Curry. And one of the most important guys that I think you should be looking at is Trey Young because he's been, he hasn't played in a long time. So people are kind of just forgetting how good he really is. He averaged 30 and nine and he's just an incredibly flashy player overall. Um, and consider, and one thing that does help increase a player's prices is in the draft. So I think um, during the draft, considering that they have a pretty high pick, if they do pick a good player, and I think that they should personally go with Isaac Okoro, if they do draft well, then Trey Young will see a little bit of a bump in prices because, of course, the team drafted well for him. But I think that once that bump starts, I think it's going to escalate into something bigger because people are just realizing, oh, shoot, I never really looked at his market until just now. Look at how cheap Trey Young is. And then, of course, people are going to just start buying his stuff up like crazy. So uh, that's that's just my personal advice. You have to you have to you should be buying when the attention is not there and selling when the intention is, um, because that's how you will I guess that's how you will make the most money. You you buy when other people are are selling, um, and you sell when when the majority is buying. I guess is the best way to put it in my opinion. Um, and one more quick thing that I would like to mention is. Vintage cards, not necessarily like vintage, like super old, like 1916 earlier, but pretty much anything before 2000 is really starting to catch up. Um, is really just genuinely starting to catch up to the hobby. And I'll kind of relate this to a point that I'll make later, but we're really seeing guys like, let's say, Allen Iverson. Um, no, not necessarily Allen Iverson. Um, but we're, we're seeing a lot of the older, especially in basketball, more basketball than I'd say football or baseball or other sports. We're seeing a lot of the older players, a lot of more of the iconic players of the past that have proven themselves that have that their, their careers are over. Um, their prices are starting to trend upward, and I think people are putting money into, I don't know, for I don't want to call these cards vintage, but I don't want to necessarily call them modern. I'll call them vintage for right now. Into these quote unquote vintage cards because people are, get, I think people are starting to get smarter. All of these new investors are finally starting to, you know, they're starting to think differently. They're getting out of that newer investor mindset. And they're starting to explore the realms of possibility of where they should be putting their money. And they're like, you know, Shaq had an incredible career. Shaq is a top. 10 debatably top five or not top five top 15 player of all time you know why are his cards so low i'm gonna buy some Shaq cards because i'm in this i'm in this thing for the long term Shaq is you know a hall of famer Shaq is one of the best one of the top 10 to 15 players of all time i want to buy Shaq cards and i think people are starting to take that approach because they're realizing um they're realizing how not necessarily screwed up this market is but how you know, I'm going to say screwed up. I'm going to say that this market is in a sense screwed up because we're buying so much on the hype in the realm of possibility of what if they do this rather than focusing on players that have proven themselves and they have shown us 
they have done this. Like, you know, the people are thinking about, like, let's say Zion, and they're like, you know, ooh, he has a kind of a high risk of injury. He hasn't really proven himself, hasn't had a lot of playing time in the NBA. I'm not 100% sure I want to spend, um, what was it at, like $1,000, near $1,000 on a prison-based PSA 10 when I can go back and, let's say, buy a a shack what I, I don't know I don't I don't study this market at all or to enough to you know know what Shaq's like uh Shaq's premier level rookie is but go buy and Shaq buy Shaq's um most popular rookie card in a PSA 10 for possibly cheaper I again I don't know if it really is or not but but we're starting to see that trend in vintage and I think that is why so that's why I'm going to start be uh start studying these quote-unquote vintage cards because um, and as I'm as I'm about to get into it, as I as you can tell, I think vintage cards are going to be the next trend overall in the card market. Um, so now I'm going to start discussing more and more the future of the card market. In case you couldn't tell, it shift in tone. I think vintage is going to be next up for these reasons because I think that the amount of new investors coming in is starting to slow down, and the inv- the the I guess like the boomer generation, like from the baby boom. Um, all of that huge majority of investors that just came into the hobby recently, a couple of months ago, are starting to do their research and they're starting to move away from base cards themselves, which is why that I think that um, in the long term, excuse me, I think that in the long term, vintage, we're going to start seeing vintage cards get more and more love. And I think that base cards are finally going to start seeing a bit of a decrease in terms of their overall value, because I think the amount of people coming into the hobby isn't really as much as as uh, as big as it used to be. Granted, that could all change in, in, in an instant, because if a guy as big as, let's say, Drake posts about sports cards, all of a sudden you've got at least a couple hundred thousand people coming into the hobby just because of that. Um... So granted, this could change in an, in, in an instant, but from where I am at right now, I truly I truly believe that vintage is up next. Um, I don't know for sure how it'll be in the long run. I think this could maybe just be a trend. It could not. Maybe this is something that lasts forever. Vintage, uh, vintage starts to see a bit of an increase and stays there because these players have proven their worth and their value uh, throughout their careers. So that is one thing that I think will happen in the future um, overall. Uh, I do think that the market will still be very reactive when it comes to modern sports cards. I think that if a player has one good game, we're still going to see, like, let's say Bull Bull, where they have one good game and their prices just shoot up dramatically. I think we're still going to see that because of just the sheer amount of people that we have in the hobby and they want to buy it uh, before, and you want to buy the cards before they get hot. And even if you're not buying it before people even think that that player has a chance to be hot, if you can get in on it early enough while people really still, like, if after a player, right after a player has a hot game, you can still pick them up for cheap. So I still think that we're going to see a very reactive market. Um, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon until um, this market overall, the card market overall, just takes a massive dip and, you know, a bunch of people leave the hobby, um, at least for a while. So I think that that is just going to be overall how the market is. Um, one thing is that I've heard people mention is due to the influx of people that we have seen, will PSA 8s, BGS 8s, SGC 8s, will those be valuable? I don't think so. I think that raw cards will be priced higher um, than PSA 8s because people will be like, ooh, ooh, can I get a PSA 9 or a PSA 10 out of this card? To me, to me, a raw card, uh, no, 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 sorry. 
a PSA 9 is a card freshly pulled out of the pack. Like, that's what you can expect when you pull a card out of a pack is for it to be a PSA 9. And if it has better centering or no print lines, then it could be a PSA 10. Stuff like that. And I think people are, in a sense, going to still be writing uh, on that realm of possibility of what if, what if this is a PSA 9, and PSA 8's just, st- I, I don't think that anywhere near as many people today, even with the amount of new investors that we currently have, I don't think anyone today would look at a PSA 8 and think, hmm, that is probably better in better condition than a raw card, I think that card holds a significant value. And I'm talking in the modern market. Granted, in a vintage market, if you can get a PSA 8, like that's fantastic. Um, But if you're talking about for the short-term flip, I don't really think that PSA 8s hold, will hold, uh, currently hold, or will hold much value. If you buy a LeBron James Topps Chrome Refractor PSA 8, I say go for it because, you know, that's going to probably be his most iconic card, his most expensive card when it is all said and done. And if you can get it in a PSA 8 and hold it long term, I think it's still a very, very good investment if you can't afford the 10 or the 9. Um, And then, yes, okay, so one more thing. I think this is the last thing I have to say. We just recently heard about, um, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, PSA. Um, has pretty much automatically started to not automatically started to, but they, they in the in the coming months we are going to be seeing automation in in their grading process, meaning that they will use image recognition to determine the condition of a card, which means that it is not judged by the human eye, but rather a computer. And computers make nowhere near as many mistakes, if any mistakes, compared to people. So what does that mean overall for this card market? Um, if you look at PSA cases from the past, the labels have changed over time, the design of the labels. And to me, I think PSA will change the labels that they use to dictate which cards in their market are being used or have been graded by a computer compared to the cards that have been graded by a human. And the PSA 10s that have been graded by a human will be like a BGS 9.5 in that a BGS 10 is much more valuable, but a BGS... 9.5 still holds value, but not as much value as the 10. While these cards, as I said before, will both be PSA 10s, one will be like, it is certainly a 10, I can guarantee it. The other one that has been graded by the human eye, it'll be like, I'm not so sure if this, I can't guarantee if this is a 10 or not. Sure, the label is there, but is this card genuinely a 10? Do I really want this card to be a 10? And if they have that change in labels, I think that the, the labels with cards that have been judged by the human eye, that have been judged by human graders, will see a decrease. However, if they don't change the labels, then 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 the cards um, that have been judged both by humans and both by computers will be the same, because there's no way to really dictate which cards have been judged by a computer and which cards have been judged by a human, but also because they're both in the same label, they're both tens, so it doesn't really matter. However, like I said, if they have a different label once they start using automation, I firmly believe that the cards that are graded using that automation um, will have more value. Like a BGS 10 or a BGS uh, Pristine will hold; it'll hold more value than, let's say, uh, a BGS like 10 or a BGS 95. Uh, so that's all I had. To, to that's pretty much all I had. I really wanted to talk about just the current stages of the market. Um, 
I kind of just, I'm, I'm not, this is not going to be like a guaranteed thing. I'm not going to have a schedule for this whatsoever. This is just if I'm not tired and I feel like talking, I'll pull out my phone and start talking. Um, I have school during the week, so I'm most likely not going to be doing a lot of these on weekdays. I might be able to do, uh, put out a couple of them, um, may like two, just, I'm talking about 2 a.m. talks specifically where I just talk about whatever I feel like. Um, I do plan on having like some people on, um, just recording a conversation between the two of us and putting it out for some of you guys to listen to. Um, so stuff like that. So first of all, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I've always, I I really like being able to give people advice, being able to help people out and just overall being able to talk about what I truly love because this is before I got into the, uh, before I got into the hobby, um, or in the investing side of the hobby, I had like 7,000 cards. I I was big on collecting and I've kind of moved out of that phase because I I'm trying to jump on this opportunity to make money while I can. And then I'll probably buy some more cards for the PC. Like I mentioned just now that I think that some collectors should do. And by the way, actually, now that I think about it, I'm going to mention one more thing. If you are a collector, I'm not saying sell your entire collection because there are some cards that if you sell, you may never see again. Um, but I'm, I'm saying some of the cards that you have, think about maybe moving them so that way you can buy them back when the market dips again and still have some extra money for anything in general. It doesn't matter what you spend it on. Um, so that's all I'm, I'm going to say. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And I'll see you next time.